Let us go to the Lord again in prayer. Holy Father, we do pray as we have sung that our souls would be revived. Not only would we desire to see a spirit of revival throughout our land, but we confess our God that we need personally, individually, to be revived on a continual basis, even daily. We know that through the weakness of the flesh, sometimes because of sicknesses, sometimes because of an indifferent spirit and various and other things of this world that it hinders us in our fellowship and obedience unto you. We cannot use these things as an excuse. The problem lies with us. And yet at the same time, there is that inner working of the Holy Spirit within our souls that is needful to stir our hearts and minds and to strengthen them in such a way that we might work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. Your sovereignty and our responsibility is a complexity that only you can comprehend. But we ask our God that you would Bless us with all that is needed and stir up our hearts and minds to take hold on You. Bless us to repent and help us to stir ourselves up that we might honor You and glorify Your holy name. Again, we ask that You would bless us as we continue studying Your Word. In Christ Jesus we pray. Amen. 
We come back to this section in 1 John chapter 2, verses 12 through 14, where he says, I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven, are forgiven you for his name's sake. I write unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you, little children, because you have known the Father. I have written unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God abideth in you, and you have overcome the wicked one. We have pointed out that there are three categories in here. Uh, little children, young men, and fathers. And now we pointed out also in verse 12, little children, the Greek word there, is different from the little children in verse 13. And our belief is that in verse 12, that that Greek word is the same Greek word that we find sprinkled throughout this uh, epistle as well as in other epistles that is designating all of God's children. We'll just read one, the first verse of chapter 2. Little, my little children, these things write I unto you that you sin not. In other words, he's talking to all of the Lord's children. But then he uses a different word in verse 13 <clears throat> as he talks about the fathers, the young men, and little children that would be indicative of one that is uh, a babe and and we have so far uh, carried these three uh, categories of little children young men and fathers of not only of Christians that may be young in age uh or, 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 or young people, say teenagers, though the young men, if you'll remember, <clears throat> that Greek word for young men meant anybody under 40. And therefore, the fathers, I guess, would be those that were over 40. But anyway, uh, looking at them from an age bracket, but not only as an age bracket, but looking upon it as a spiritual bracket, as you would, uh, a person might be uh, old in age, but still be a babe in Christ. And so we have looked at them, uh, we have been carrying a parallel contrast throughout these three verses. And we have looked at the little children. We've looked at the 
uh, young men. Today, this morning, we want to look at the fathers. The fathers. I write unto you fathers because you have known Him that is from the beginning. I thought it was quite interesting that the only thing that is said of the fathers is that they knew Him from the beginning. You see that in verse 13, and you see that in verse 14. In other words, uh, we saw various things that were spoken of of the little children and also various things that were spoken of with regard to the young or the young men. But here it only said, I have, the fathers have known him from the beginning. This from the beginning would be, I believe, from the beginning of their Christian service. Now, <clears throat> obviously, if they knew him from the beginning, then they would have known him as a babe in Christ. As they grew, they would have known him as a young man in Christ. And now that they are in their aged years, uh, or in their mature years spiritually, they would have known him from the beginning. That is, those that have are considered mature in the Christian service. They understand every stage of growth from the beginning. You who are uh, in your mature years, and really all of us here are, some of y'all are a little more mature than I am, <laughs> but you remember just from a natural standpoint, you remember how it was when you were a child, and as you grew, you understood uh, some of the things of life and how life would change with you and as you would grow. And <clears throat> therefore, you can understand the different stages of life, even down to your old age, where others that have not lived as long as you do not. And likewise, one who is mature spiritually should also have an understanding of the various stages of Christian growth to be able to help and encourage and strengthen those that are younger. A true father in Christ is one who is instructed in all ages and in all stages 
of the believer from the beginning. Now, having said that, let me say this. That doesn't mean that you experience everything that those that are younger than you experience. In other words, uh, one that is younger, they may undergo some things in life that you never undergo. But in doing so, there's still a spiritual maturity that could be taught to one that is undergoing something that you've never undergone because of your understanding of the Scriptures. Let me see if I can explain this somewhat. I don't know how many of you under, remember or know of a woman now, uh, Joni or Johnny uh, uh, Erickson. Johnny Erickson, I believe her maiden name or married name is Cantata or something like that. As a teenager, she was swimming and dove off into a lake, I believe. It might have been a river or anyway, dove off into some water and hit a rock and was paralyzed for the rest of her life. Very few Christians experience that physically. And yet, in Joni's life, or Johnny's life, uh, is spelled, I think, J-O-N-I, and I usually probably pronounce it wrong. Uh, Johnny, I think she goes by Johnny. Uh, and I believe, I don't remember whether she's still alive or not. But she was well known throughout evangelical circles. And... W- went to various places and lectured and talked about uh, trials and afflictions and things of that nature. And I don't know, I haven't read uh, her life story, or I might be able to pull from some example in her life. But I can imagine that this young lady as she was going through various trials and afflictions, uh, by the way, she later, as I already mentioned, she married and uh, uh, was blessed to have a husband to love her and take care of her and so on. But anyway, I can imagine this young lady coming across some Christians that may have been in Christ before she was and have experienced some trials and afflictions and could easily uh, 
talk to Johnny and comfort her in some of her trials and afflictions from a spiritual nature, though they would not have understood her physical pain exactly. You see what I'm saying by that? That there's a... In other words, you who are older can share experiences in your life and talk about various stages of God's dealing with you in your life that may help someone who has gone through something that you never went through, but still you had that spiritual maturity and understanding to be able to help them. And then sometimes there are things that come our way that we have gone through some of the very same things that they have gone through and we can really empathize with them then. I remember in 1970 being in California and there was a minister's wife that was undergoing some cancer treatments and Uh, we had a prayer meeting in their home. And I remember trying to pray for this lady and even making mention to the Lord that I couldn't fully sympathize with her because I have never gone through what she had gone through. I couldn't fully sympathize with her. Then on the other hand, this past week, for example, out of the blue, a, an acquaintance in the neighborhood where I live called me up out of the blue and wanted me to pray with him, ask that I pray for him because his wife of 26 or 27 years was leaving him. And while you could maybe sympathize a little bit more uh, having gone through something of similar nature, you still felt inadequate. Needless to say, I did not just say, well, I'll pray for you. I said, let's pray now. And so prayed with the individual over the phone. And I've been praying for the individual since then. But I say those things to say that we may experience similar things or we may not experience similar things. But we can, we who are older, 
who have gone through various trials and afflictions in life, we can assure those that are coming on after us that God will not leave His children because He has not left us. Sometimes we think He's left us. Sometimes it feels like He's left us. In fact, uh, I'll get a little bit personal here again. I know you know, and uh, I don't know how many people who hear this message on the internet would know uh, how much. But anyway, back uh, the first uh, three, uh, two and a half months of this year, uh, I was laid up not only in the hospital for five days, but in a rehab uh, up until uh, the middle of March. And during that time, it seemed as if God was far away. Essentially, all that I did during that time was just read the Scriptures. I read the Scriptures daily. I don't remember where I was when I got out of the hospital, out of the rehab, but I know that I was at the end of Judges when I went into the hospital. That was the first day of the year. And I know I had gone through Psalms and uh, some of the prophets. I think maybe I was in Jeremiah. But all I could... I knew that God was in control. I knew that God was there. I didn't know what God was teaching me. Still don't know that. <laughs> and even till this day, I'm still asking God what it is that He would have me to learn from all of that. But one of the passages of Scripture that kept uh, before my mind was, and I, I, kept, I looked it up several different times, where David said that he uh, put his hand over his mouth in effect, he didn't speak because he knew God had done it. In other words, he knew that he was there by the, he was in his circumstance by the sovereignty of God. And sometimes that's all we can do is just be still and know that God is there. Keep our mouth shut lest we sin against God. You know, when the Lord came to Job, He said, I've talked too much already. I'm going to put my hand over my mouth. And it may be that I will run upon someone else 
before I die that have experienced something similar to that, to be able to comfort them in such a way. As we go through life and as we mature spiritually and come to our uh, latter years in Christianity, there are many things in our lives from the beginning of our Christianity that we are able to say that, well, as it said here, I write unto you, fathers, because you have known Him that is from the beginning. I don't know what God was doing. I don't know why God did it or why God allowed it to happen. And, and all of that for me to go through what I went through. But I knew God. It didn't happen outside of God. And I knew God was there. And sometimes that's all you can tell an individual. Sometimes that's all you can tell an individual. Preachers don't have all the answers. Only God has all the answers. And He doesn't always reveal the answers to us. You know, as you read through the book of Job, it, there's no indication that Job knew why he went through what he went through. There's no indication. There's no indication that Job knew that Satan had gone before the Lord There's no indication that Job knew The reason for what all happened to him, his possessions, and the loss of his eight children. And his wife encouraging him to just throw up your hands and quit. But it was to show Satan that Job didn't fear God for nothing. Well, a true father in Christ is instructed and know the various stages of a believer from the beginning. And therefore, a father... Uh, can or a mature Christian can sympathize and understand in every phase of life of a Christian. The Christian, the Christian youth, is to respect and enjoy the company of older saints. You know, we live in a society where the aged are set aside.
one of the great delights that I have had the past several months here at Covenant is uh, a family that attended here for a while with several small children. And the delight that I saw in the aged members here uh, doing everything they could to encourage the children and the children enjoying the aged. I just enjoyed that camaraderie. That camaraderie. Too often you see uh, old folks around children, they think, well, I don't have anything to offer them and I don't have anything to give them and I can't uh, speak on their level and so on and miss out on the joy that they could have with children. And children likewise sometimes around old folks uh, have the same idea. Well, I, just, you know, I don't have anything in common with them and so on. There is a distinction between a little child and an adult. And while honor and respect is to be shown to the aged, there should be no generation gap spiritually with Christians. Obviously, the aged should be honored. Look in Leviticus 19. Leviticus 19. There's one thing that I saw in that rehab place. A lot of old folks where the youth or maybe their children did not honor their parents. Some did. There were some that would come and uh, right now I can think of one situation where uh, a mother's daughter and granddaughter would come and even be there in the therapy with them. That did my soul good. But there were so many there that were just all alone. Leviticus 19, verse 32. Thou shalt rise up before the hoary head and honor the face of the old man and fear thy God. I am the Lord. Proverbs 16. While you're turning there, I'll uh, speak of my youth. I am... I was blessed. I didn't know it at the time. 
But I was blessed as a child because for a period of time, my father's mother lived with us and stayed with us quite a bit while my father had 11 other uh, brothers and sisters uh, my grandmother stayed at our house uh, I think more than any other place uh, I know there were times when uh, we were had plans to do things when some of my father's siblings would bring uh, their mother to our house because they wanted to do what they wanted to do. And my dad stayed home while the rest of the family went off and did what they needed to do. And sadly, my grandmother finally got to the point where we couldn't take care of her at home and had to put her in a nursing home where she could get the care that was needful But my bedroom was my grandmother's bedroom. Our beds were in the same room. And later, after that, my grandfather on my mother's side came and lived with my parents for several years. So I, I grew up with parents honoring their parents. I grew up in, in a society where we took care of our parents and then just shuffled them off into some other place. We read in Leviticus, now in Proverbs 16 and verse 31, the hoary head is a crown of glory if it be found in the way of righteousness. And then in 1 Timothy chapter 5, I'll just give these three passages from the law in the Old Testament to Proverbs uh, in the Old, which, and then in the New Testament. We see how that the aged are to be treated. Proverbs, First Timothy chapter five, verses one and two: Rebuke not an elder, but entreat him as a father, and the younger men as brethren, the elder women as mothers, the younger as sisters, with all purity. Even honor widows that are widows indeed, and so on. If any, but if any widow have children or nephews. Let them learn first to show piety at home and to requite their parents, for that is good and acceptable for, before God. The Scriptures from the Old to the New throughout, and I could multiply the passages, shows how that the aged are to be honored and treated with dignity and respect and taken care of. But in Christianity, there is no age gap. That is, you do not 
uh, have one gospel for children, one for young men, and one for old folks, and and things of that nature. All of the children of God are to worship God together. That's one of many reasons why we do not have Sunday schools. I'm not going to get off into that, but you don't find in the New Testament God dividing uh, congregations up into age groups. All of them worship together in order that all may respect each other. The Christian youth is to respect and enjoy the company of the aged and older saints. Even when older saints and aged are sometimes set in their ways. You know, we can be set in our ways, can't we? And we might be difficult to entertain at times. I know that I, I, I can be. I remember when uh, <clears throat> when they had the uh, I forget what birthday it was for for Brother Zach and uh, and honoring his being fifty years in the ministry. I was down there and they wanted me to speak, say something. And I said, well, there's one thing about Brother Zach that I always envied. And I said, I don't know any better way to say it than that he has a gift for gab. I just kind of put it that way. <clears throat> and I said, what I mean by that is this. There have been times that Brother Zach and I would be off together We've been good friends ever since the 60s. And in our younger days, we traveled together somewhat. Uh, for 17 years, we pastored together uh, there in one congregation. But we could, we could be in a house somewhere visiting or staying overnight with someone and uh, I would be maybe... Uh, sitting in a room and thinking about uh, something I might could say to start up a conversation. And Brother Zach would walk in and seem like they just roll off of his tongue and he could start a conversation quite quickly and so on while I sit there and think, well, why didn't I think of that? Why didn't I think of that? Why didn't I think of that? You know, some people are, uh, they can... Uh, they're more at ease in that way. Now, if you start asking me about something or about the Bible, then I'd start talking. But uh, anyway, we all are different. But the young need to learn the old. The old need to learn the young in order that we might be able to encourage one another. But the, the older ones should be able to sit there and think, if nothing else, 
what would be going through my mind with this young folk if at that age? With some of you, it might be, well, I didn't know the Lord then. And maybe those children didn't know the Lord. But you might think, what might have been said to me at that age that would have kept me out of some of the sins of my later years? I've often wondered if I had different people around me what might, how my life might have been somewhat different in my youth. Young need to be strong for the older and the older need to be strong for the young. But all are needful, young and old and middle-aged. All are needful in the kingdom of God and must function together and work together as a unit and not be divided up. It is the philosophy of the world. It's the world's philosophy to set one group against another group for the purpose of destroying society. We see that in our current society today. Divide and conquer, divide and conquer is a well-known strategy in warfare and Satan is aware of this. And while these three classes, little children, young men and fathers, uh, may apply to believers of all ages, they may be descriptive, as we've already said, of various stages in the life of a believer. We go from strength to strength and we grow in our, in our Christian growth. Look at 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Verse 18, But we all with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. In other words, we grow. We grow. The thief on the cross was converted at the last hour and only lived a short time prior to his death. Only lived a short time in, in conversion. Time is about to get away from us, but if you want to look at Matthew 27, verses 44 and 45, and Luke 23, verse 42 through 44, It may be that the thief on the cross was converted less than an hour before he died. 
and he would be designated spiritually as a little child. But look how much this little child knew. I don't have time to go into all of it. But he, he talked a little bit. That he, could, he experienced regeneration. Conversion. Remember, he confessed his sins. And he rebuked the other thief. He asked for forgiveness. He defended Christ. He acknowledged Christ in His kingdom. He had some idea of the resurrection. Those are eight things that this babe in Christ who maybe never heard the gospel as we know it. In other words, a babe in Christ is not ignorant of Christ. These things, these eight things in the life of the thief, and there may be some other things that I have didn't mention, show the sovereign, irresistible, free grace of God that was displayed in this babe in Christ at the dying hour. And a young man who has served the Lord for several years and well versed in the Scriptures and shows himself mature might be designated as a, in a spiritual way as a father. Here's an example. In April... 1854, <clears throat> after preaching three months on probation, just four years after he was converted, Charles Spurgeon, at the age of 19, was called to the pastorate of London's famous New Park Street Chapel in Southwark, which was, this congregation was formerly pastored by the particular Baptist Benjamin Keach, the theologian John Gill, and John Rapone. These were giants in their days. And this 19-year-old youth, four years after he was converted, just three months after he started preaching, was called a pastor at this place. He was quite mature for his years. But this is the exception rather than the rule. But I hope some of these things that we've looked at the last three Lord's Day of the young little children, young men, and fathers 
will help us to get a grip on the spirituality from beginning to end of the Christians. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank You for Your Word. Thank You for bringing these things to our attention. Help us to fulfill what we need to fulfill in our day, in our age bracket, physically and or spiritually. That we might honor and glorify You in every way. In Jesus' name, Amen.